On the darkest day of human history, we can agree with Nietzsche when he said that God is dead and we have killed him. The creator of the universe became the perfect sacrificial lamb for his creation. What a paradox. A few days ago, as Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now they cry, crucify him, crucify him. Good Friday wasn't good at all, especially for Jesus. Good Friday is a day filled with pain and sorrow and, and grief. Can you picture yourself at the, the foot of the cross looking up at this disfigured Savior? The Savior is, is soaked red with blood from the floggings and the beating that, that the soldiers subjected him to just to see if he would crack. This was a, a, a set of beatings that should have killed an ordinary man. Death by the beatings would have been the quick way to let this man die, but no, no, the people weren't satisfied with that. It had to be the cross. Why did it have to be the cross? Here we stand looking at the one who has been condemned as a criminal and, and cursed far above any other man at that time. The Jewish law said that cursed was the one killed on a tree. Not only were they going to damn his body by, by torturing it till it was unrecognizable, but they were also going to damn his soul by placing him on that tree. The cross wasn't just an instrument of death. The cross was meant to separate Jesus from God and from the future glory that they were going to experience in heaven when the real Messiah would restore them as God's people. The cross would make an example of Jesus and, and show the rest of the world that they needed to stay in line with the way things were. The cross is a terrible path, but what is amazing is that Jesus chose to walk down this path as our sacrificial lamb. The Jewish Passover lambs were killed between 3 and 5 p.m. on the day of Passover. Jesus was on the cross during the same time as the lambs, so he died just as the Passover lambs were dying. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And, and Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. The timing of his death was like the timing of his birth. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to be born of a woman. And now, on the cross, it's precisely at the fullness of time that Jesus died. It was, all, it was all just so precisely planned so that Jesus might be seen as the Passover lamb. Jesus is identified with the lamb, for, for lambs will die without a fight. They, they meekly go to their death without attacking or resisting. Jesus himself laid down his life voluntarily, and he, he did not as the line of Judas snarl and rip and tear at his crucifiers to take some, some of them down with him. He had the power to be ferocious, but he submitted like a lamb. He fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 53, 7, which says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before his shears, he did not open his mouth. Jesus was the Lamb of God, 
and, and the one that God provided to make all the sacrifices, all the other sacrifices unnecessary. This is why the veil in the temple was torn when Jesus died. There was no longer um, a need for a sacrifice or to, to enter uh, with a sacrifice. You can go into God's presence. The wall was down for good. For when this lamb died, he died for all. Here we stand looking at the cross. But we're not the only ones who have stopped to take a long look at that red stained cross. We're not the only ones who have seen the cross and chosen to either mock him or to fall to our faces asking Jesus to forgive us for our sin that led him down that path. Imagine seeing the soldiers sitting at the foot of the cross. They may have been bored out of their minds. The, the cross took a long time to kill a person. This may have been one of the worst jobs in the empire because their duty was to sit at the foot of a, a bloody mess and just wait for that person to die. This was a job that tore any ounce of compassion you might have. It tore it from your very soul. And this guy here, why was he so special again? just another dirty Jewish criminal for, for them to take care of. There was, there was a fuss about him, and they didn't know why. Something about him being the king of the Jews. And, and they knew about Herod, uh, the king of the Jews. And this wasn't him. Jesus wasn't even related. Oh, well, a job is a job. Just die already so that we can get paid for this awful day. And still, we see that the disciple Matthew tells us that some of them, even the soldiers, had compassion for Jesus, even giving him something to, to quench his thirst near the end. But a job was a job, and the next thing on their list was to throw this man's dead body into a mass grave where, uh, when he died eventually. Here we have the soldiers. And on the other hand, you know, while, while the soldiers were doing their job for the day, we, we see the religious leaders watching from a distance. And you know what? They were ecstatic. This three-year thorn in their flesh was finally gone. And with Jesus gone, the movement that he had started would officially die with him. For three years, they sat back and, and took the craziness coming out of his mouth. Can you believe what he said? Can you believe he said that we were on our way to hell? That, that our rituals and practices weren't doing anything for us? How dare he question our position? Yeah, you know, he started off talking about a new kingdom, and, and that sounded really great. That's what we're expecting. But why in the world would he stray from the traditions and, and tell us that, that we weren't part of God's kingdom? If anything, the things that, that we do each and every day, they, they put us one step closer to God, ten steps ahead of any common person. Everyone's in awe of us. We can see it on their faces when we pray at the street corners, when we, we, we uh, invest our wealth in the offering baskets at the temple. The people knew, and they know who their real spiritual leaders are. If they hadn't before, they certainly know now. In a, in a fleeting moment of compassion, you know, the religious leaders may have thought, well, we can probably find it in our hearts to offer up forgiveness for them for, for straying from our truths. They were common after all, and they need our guidance. Good riddance to this false prophet, though. If his followers don't disband, well, they've seen what happens to those who fall out of line.
one of those followers, his name's Peter, and he's overtaken by grief. Jesus had just chastised him for trying to cut the head off of one of the mob who was going to arrest his friend Jesus. One minute Peter's bravely swinging his sword, and the next he's denying that he even knows Jesus. He was so lost in his thoughts that he couldn't even get out a proper response to a servant girl standing right there at the fire. Some friend he turned out to be. In that courtyard, every ounce of him wanted to charge the gate and cut the bonds from around Jesus' hands. But instead, instead, what did he do? He babbled on like a a little schoolboy, lying his head off when questioned about his relationship and, and his friendship with Jesus. And see Peter say, idiot, idiot, fool, if only. And now his chance to say one last goodbye to his friend was gone. I don't even think Jesus would want me there to experience his his final few moments. He's probably furious with me. I could hear Peter saying, "My, my friend, my teacher, my Messiah is gone. Now what am I going to do? What I'm going to do, what am I going to do? That's, that's a, a good question. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is weeping at her son's feet, wondering what she will do. Not only has she outlived her husband, but now she has outlived her firstborn. No mother should have to go through that pain or, or heartbreak. How could they take him away from me? He was always such a good boy. When he was little... He never broke a rule, and and the people around town always thought he was the nicest little boy. How does a good boy grow into a man who is executed on a cross? And how am I going to go on without him? My son, he made some wild claims these, these last few years, but he always backed them up with those miracles. He was so special. And that angel told me not to be afraid and that my son would walk in the footsteps of of King David and and sit on that throne. This cross is the farthest thing from a throne. My son is not just being killed. He's being humiliated. Well, I'm afraid now. Do you hear me, angel? Angel, do you see what happened to the family that you made those promises to? Angel, do you hear my son's cries as his life is leaving him? If I had one more moment with that angel, I'd, I'd show him who's not afraid. I'd give him peace of my mind. He'd be the one who's afraid, but, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my son's soul. I'm afraid of what those awful soldiers will do to his body when he's passed. I'm afraid for my son because he's in such agony. Why won't God make it stop? It's almost like God isn't here, that he's forsaken us as my sons cried out. I'm afraid because I'm never going to see my baby boy again. And then we hear, it is finished. Jesus takes his last breath. The Lamb of, of God gave of his life for us. He did this for you and he did this for me. The Romans thought he was just another Jewish rabble-rouser. The religious leaders thought that by by ending his life that their problems would go away. The followers of Jesus were scattered and confused. It had been going so well. But now the movement was over. 
Soon Jesus would be just another body in a tomb. Good Friday reminds us that even the best of us can experience death in this cruel world. The cross means that that someone died in our place so that we wouldn't have to experience the penalty for our sin. But unlike that original audience at the foot of the cross, we know what is coming in a few days. Death is no longer the final answer. Jesus' death is is the final death for a sin-soaked world. The Roman soldier was right when he said, truly this man was the Son of God. And the Son of God had no plans to stay in that tomb. An act of being raised from the dead would seal his position as the world's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. After three days, Jesus would prove that he was mightier than death. And he would invite us in with with open arms to experience life that, that only he could give us. Everyone will see Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, someday. And again, at the the fullness of time, God will make our lives complete because Jesus was willing to give up his life for us completely. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.